Mental Wellness Mondays is a podcast by Two Broke Twimbos that focuses on helping you to improve your mental well-being. And uh, we do this together with the help of an organization that we've partnered with called Wired to Love and Thrive, represented here by Dr. Nyarai Paweni, a favorite of many on the podcast. Uh, we've enjoyed uh, hearing her insights on how you can improve your mental well-being. But of course, she is introducing us to some of her colleagues and uh, people that she's come across uh, in, the, in the professional world to also give us other insights about the steps that you can take that will help uh, in your overall well-being and perhaps contribute to you having a better state of mind and better mental health. So we're very excited to have you with us. This is, of course, brought to you by our gracious sponsor, Bon V Medical Aid Scheme. So if you are looking for a medical aid in Zimbabwe or you're looking for a medical aid for your family in Zimbabwe, then please go to twobroketwimbles.com forward slash Bon V. That's B-O-N-V-I-E. And you can find out some more information about this medical aid scheme that has plans that include um, mental well-being that include uh, psychiatric help as well if you need it. So yeah, please do check them out. Uh, a medical aid scheme that cares not just about your physical well-being but also your mental well-being and we thank them very much for their gracious sponsorship of this program. In the meantime, um, our guest today, Kirsty Baxter. Philip, yeah. US, you were just telling us that she's, she's good at banter. Yes, yes, yes. She's actually a qualified, qualified bantist. Um, let, let, me read a, let me read a full bio. So, uh, Christy Baxter is a registered nutritionist with BANT of the United Kingdom and a graduate of the Institute of Optimum Nutrition. She has over five years of using Whole Foods. Kirsty has undertaken extensive academic and scientific training, holding an MSc in nutrition. Kirsty uses evidence-based scientific research to support her work and continually reviews new research. And she is a firm believer of keeping it simple, and focusing on real food to nourish her body and mind. It, she's just like us, Dad. She likes food. I mean, we found we found someone. She's, she's in our tribe. She's one of us. <laughs> real food. Thank you so much for joining us, Kirsty. A pleasure. Thank you for having me. Great, great. And um, we've don't worry, everyone. We've already given her the warning about the type of of people that we are. So we are pretty much good to go. Um, and of course, as as already mentioned, we've got Doctor Nyarai in here with us. So um, let's get into it, shall we? Uh, do you mind if we call you Kirsty? Absolutely, please do. Great. So perhaps going uh, from this point on, let's let's start off by talking about the importance of because I, I notice uh, in the way you're speaking uh, about uh, taking real food or, or being concerned about your nutrition, not only for the body but the mind, and we're especially interested in the mind. So what is the what is the relationship between food nutrition? and one's mental state, one's well-being of the mind. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a pertinent topic with two years of COVID and the anxiety levels risen worldwide. We see an increase in anxiety of over 42%, uh, which again just shows us um, you know, just how prevalent it is. And really there is a great connection between the gut and the brain. But more than that, we'll delve into that a little bit later uh, you know, we actually live around food. Everything we do relates to food, whether we are celebrating a birth, a death, a marriage, it's all about food. And so it's really such an intrinsic part of our life. And it's therefore important that we not only feed our stomach and our taste buds, but that we nourish our bodies and our brains. Can you can you sort of give us a little bit of, of insight on the on the scientific studies that you've done as to the effect of food on the brains? Like what, what happens with different types of foods and how does it affect our thinking and our mental well-being? 
Well, absolutely. I've looked at a lot of research. And as I said earlier, you, your colleague read out that I'm evidence-based. So diet is now a recognized modifiable factor in the prevention and treatment of mental illness. So we're looking at addressing lifestyle factors. And that's what food is. A healthy diet is the foundation uh, of the treatment of mood disorders. Um, you know, it's like a non-negotiable. Uh, and there, there's a lot of evidence out there. And we're looking at a number of different things uh, particularly, we are looking at what we call gut microbes, and we are at a cellular level, we are made of billions of microbes. And what these microbes do, whether they're in the gut or the brain or throughout the body, from the gut microbe point of view, they actually talk to what we call the enteric nervous system. They talk to the immune system and they talk to our brain. So there are three different channels through which food actually impacts on our body, which might be a little bit technical, but basically those are the three areas that are all connected and that impact on our brains. That's the stuff. That's the, do you hear those technical terms? But it's <laughs> I, I, I can't even, I, 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 I just heard Please. them and I already, they, they just went like you know, no, we want we want more of them. That's the stuff. Oh yes, you know, uh, Kirsty. I think it's unfortunate that for many people, obviously, um, economic reasons and uh, geographical reasons and so on, uh, they don't have access to a wide choice and a wide variety of food. So probably they're going to only eat what's available or what they can get their hands on. And you know, that's that's uh, an unfortunate reality for many people. But for those who perhaps do have the opportunity to make choices, um, what kind of things do you have to take in mind or take into consideration when you're trying to figure out which, um, you know, which foods to bring into your diet? What, what kind of things would you encourage someone to think about? You know, and I work with a lot of local people and what we have in the ground in Zimbabwe is absolutely beautiful. Where we're going wrong is that a lot of people are gravitating to what we call the SAD diet, the standard American diet, which is full of inflammatory foods, which are all ultra processed, ultra refined, high saturated fats, lots of sugar. I would rather, and this is what I talk about on a daily basis in my practice, is that you go for anti-inflammatory foods, those that come straight out of the ground. And we're very blessed in Zimbabwe. We've got beautiful whole grains. So the whole grain as opposed to the refined foods. We've got beautiful greens, kale, mariwa, rape. We've got okra. We've got a wide range of green vegetables. So these are the whole foods that are nutritious that we want people to actually gravitate to and move away from the ultra-processed refined foods. Perfect. Yeah. I can't agree with that anymore. So I think also just to help people understand, as you spoke about the, the American diet with processed foods and um, high fructose corn syrup and the like, what happens to our body when we ingest those type of, of, of products? Okay, good question. So those are very inflammatory on the body. And I talked initially about the gut. So our stomachs, our guts are the first place that the food is going to start to make an impact on. And when we eat these refined foods, the high saturated fats, the highly processed foods, these are inflammatory on the gut microbes. And so they start an inflammatory process where they start, for example, sugar actually degrades and depletes the beneficial bacteria in our gut, which we need for fermentation, which we need to create what we call the, the postbiotics, the gases that go back into our brains, that nourish our brains. And a key one at the moment, which, which is maybe a, just a funny word for people to understand, is butyrate. But it's one of those text messages that gets 
um, um, created in the gut from a good diet that then go to the brain. So when you have a bad diet, this processed foods and high sugars, it can't make these beautiful messages that then get sent to the brain. And so it creates an inflammatory um, and what we call oxidative stress. So a very um, uh, a, a very inflammatory state, which can't send any good healthy messages through to the brain or anywhere else for that matter. So that's part of what starts to happen when your diet is really poor um, and, and very refined. You hear that, Philip? A sad diet. Sad. I, 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 would, like to, I would like to propose another catchy name. Yeah. Um, for what we want to push. And you can have it for free, Kirsty. <laughs> Thank you. Mood food. No, you're right. <laughs> food and mood. This is, I actually have recently done a lot of uh, posts on Instagram on this. And it's actually exactly that. It's food can create the right mood or the bad mood. And here's the interesting factor. So another key lifestyle factor, I'm, I'm what we call a functional, and Dr. Nura is the same, a functional medicine practitioner. So we look at a number of different inputs. We're not just looking at one thing. We're looking at your food, your environment, uh, and another key factor that I look at is sleep. And interestingly enough, when you're eating these inflammatory foods, you actually are affecting how well you're going to sleep. And the reason being is that serotonin is the hormone that helps to produce melatonin in the brain for sleep. And 70% of our serotonin is actually made in the gut. So now when you are feeding your gut all this horrible refined food, you can't make this beautiful hormone that helps to get converted into melatonin to have a good night's sleep. So, I mean, it's really mood food. You're so 100% right. I love it. I, I, I've even refined it even further. Good mood food. Oh, I'm, I'm killing it. I'm killing it. You, you can have that one for free as well. Yes. And <laughs> I, I don't know if you'd know this, but... Literally, oh, our last goodness. our last session here, our last podcast was about sleep. Mm. So you see, everything just ties I mean, together. It, it's it's almost like we have an amazing Six. doctor booking these guests and lining up themes that go together. You know, some someone would someone would think this was planned well in advance. <laughs> um, I, I would love for us, um, Kirsty, if you don't mind, for us to get into. Um, how we could practically apply this in everyday life. So you've already said, for example, that, you know, a lot of the natural foods that we grow here in Zimbabwe would be great, you know, for our diets. So um, what what specific kind of foods are we talking about? What combinations? Does it matter? Perhaps in my mind, I'm thinking, um, is it the case that a particular meal affects your mood or your mental health? Or is it more about... Um, the 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 pattern of what you eat, um, I would imagine it's more the pattern, isn't that? Absolutely, that a very uh, thank yeah. you, a very very good question. So one of the key factors mm. as well to look at is besides the quality of the food, is also regulating your blood sugar levels. Blood sugar levels are crucial for maintaining a steady level in your brain, your good mood. And many women would know this. For example, a lot of ladies are trying to do this intermittent fasting. And so they, you know, they're not eating for more than 14 hours if they can help it because they think I'm going to lose weight. But when they're not doing it correctly, and intermittent fasting can be a good diet, but when it's not done correctly, you're not going to help manage your blood sugar levels, i.e. you're going to be 
sending your insulin levels really, really low, which is great for fat burning. But then when you then eat your first meal, if you're not specific and watch what quality of food you're eating, that is going to be slow releasing into the bloodstream. If you go, you're really hungry, you're starving now, and what do we call hangry, when you're so hungry, you're angry. Uh, and then you grab a, let's call it a burger and chips. Let's be really off the radar and talk about all the worst foods. So a burger and chips. So there's a high GI uh, carbohydrates that spike your insulin and your sugars really high. And so now you, you're going to, you know, get this blood sugar levels super high and then they're going to drop really quickly. So you're going to get these fluctuating blood sugar levels and these impact on the brain. So you're quite right. It's not just about the quality of food. It's also about timing and when you're eating these meals. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, so, I, I, I yeah, and I think this is of, Go ahead, Phil. this is of particular interest to me because I, I I actually am practicing intermittent fasting, yeah. so I too am one of the ladies um, who is fasting. Um, so <laughs> what are the what are the right meals to eat when you break your fast? And this is in general, like if you wake up and you eat first thing in the morning, or if you are practicing intermittent fasting or time restricted feeding, what should you be eating as that first meal? Yeah, excellent question. So, Phil, it's, you really always want to start with a little bit of protein. And I know there's a big move at the moment because I also have a lot of clients are all moving towards plant-based or selecting to have less animal protein, which is great because animal protein is inflammatory on the body. But again, you need to break that fast with a portion of protein within a smaller, particularly the intermittent fasting, a smaller carbohydrate meal within lots of nice greens. So the reason being is the protein is one, more satisfying, but two, it actually is more thermogenic and it takes the body longer to break down. So it's going to get you a more consistent blood sugar level for a longer period. So, so that, that's such an interesting discussion that uh, when you're talking about a lot of people moving towards plant-based diets and so on, um, if we take out all other considerations like, you know, uh, um, uh, perhaps, perhaps uh, conscientious considerations about the, the planet or uh, animal life and so on, from a purely mental health perspective, which one is better for mental health, plant-based or, um, you know, meat? Well, one could probably argue plant-based is better because it is anti-inflammatory. However, however, and there's always a however, it's no one specific diet has been proven in research to be the best for mental health. So there is that research. A lot of research has talked about the Mediterranean diet, uh, which has in recent studies been shown to treat some of the more severe clinical uh, depression. Uh, and that's in research across the world. But a healthy diet can also include animal protein. It's about keeping it in moderate portions and not in excess. And that's something that I talk to a lot of people about on a regular basis is about moderation. Because for example, a plant-based diet done incorrectly, done badly, is also not going to be good for the body because you do need to have good sources of protein. And you must remember in a plant-based diet, you're dealing more with legumes. So your beans, your dried beans, and those are incomplete proteins, but they're all also quite carved in so you can't just have a massive bowl of beans for lunch and think that you now oh i'm plant-based and i'm doing my body fantastic because you have to watch the amount of carbohydrates that are in that meal so it has to be uh, a little bit more smartly balanced if that makes sense mm -hmm. 
so so um I was literally about to ask you about um because I saw on your Instagram you had posted about the the Mediterranean diet and so on but I think you already mentioned that the, you know there's no there's no proven diet that that uh, is better than another for mental health um let's let's talk about um the foods to avoid and foods to try and uh, increase in our diet so maybe the what would you recommend to avoid so yes again like i said so the high saturated uh fats and high refined flours so you talking about the processed foods so the uh, a lot of the breads um not so much the Zimbabwe sadza because that is actually not as refined as like the version in South Africa that's actually still quite coarse. So those are, and then obviously whole grains, if you could do any of the sorghum, uh, millet, beautiful stuff here, these are the good things. The things to avoid would be your white breads, pies, chips, crisps, uh, donuts, pastries pies. those kinds of things. yes i'm sorry oh. <laughs> those are the absolute worst <laughs> you don't eat pies i can tell you don't eat pies you look fine i love pies even a sunny <laughs> pie like but sunny pies are so good <laughs> oh, okay well i know you pipe. don't eat pies you're intermittent fasting and i know you've got a six pack and you don't eat pies uh, I, I got a six pack a of six something pack of beer, yeah, i got maybe. a six pack of something <laughs> 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 yeah. Hey, uh, okay. This 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 interview is taking a turn. It's not just a party pooper episode. Like now 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 we're gonna have to clean our fridges and everything. You know what man. I mean? It's it's <laughs> no happiness for you. Sadness only if you want to be happy. That's what I'm. Next thing she's gonna tell me to get rid of my two kg tub of Skittles. <laughs> I didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Kirsty, a conversation that we've been having recently um, quite a bit is the the um, um, the effect of food supplements, and I'd be keen to hear your opinion from from your experience. Um, is that something that we should try and include in our diets? Perhaps uh, artificial supplements, specifically, um, perhaps vitamins and certain nutrients uh, in a bid to try and improve our mental health. I didn't quite like the artificial, but yes, there are lots of artificial. Neither did I. Thanks, Sarah. Neither did I. <laughs> Look, I, to derive a supplement, it does have a chemical component. However, it's a very good question because supplements need to be one good quality. So you don't want to be wasting your money on something that's actually inferior. And you also want to use them to fill in the gaps between our diet because our soils worldwide, we are seeing a decline in both magnesium and zinc in our soils. Um, our foods are got more and more preservatives. Um, they're being pros, um, preserved as well as uh, being treated in the ground. So that's where a good quality supplement can help to supplement the gaps in our diet. Mm, okay. So I totally agree. So, so that being said, um, what would you say are the must-have supplements that everyone should consider taking? Um, if this is like if they don't have access to a doctor to get their blood work done, anything like that. But what are the must-have supplements that you feel are the absolute essentials for anyone who's trying to supplement their nutrition? Okay, that's a little bit of a thanks, bullet. A little bit of a tricky question because we don't like to 
blanket say do x y and z what we have seen which is really interesting with covid because pre-covid when i asked some people you know would you consider this and that supplement because based on their symptoms i could see there was a deficiency and they're like no i don't pop pills now with covid suddenly the first thing people tell you is i take vitamin c zinc you know so it's quite <laughs> interesting how it's and i'm sure you've seen this near eye how it's changed people's yeah. perception of of actually what's good and what's not good um, so, I mean, I think to answer a general question, one could look at a multivitamin, um, but it needs to be a good quality one. And then people need to know things like this, where water-soluble vitamins, which are your B, C, um, they, they, especially the B, C, I, and these all get um, depleted with caffeine. So people often with breakfast have, a, have their mouth of coffee and then swig down a handful of supplements well they're actually just wasting their money they might as well go and flush them down the toilet so you need to have wow. most supplements with food but away from caffeine and tea life is just hard philip like no no, no you, we said this was yo, good it's like it's like it's, it's like that bill bird joke like we, now we've got to wake up with a stopwatch and be like tick, okay i, I have my coffee let me wait 30 minutes okay now i need to pop this pill now i need to pop this pill <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could just kick coffee, Phil. <laughs> let's not let's not get out. No, I mean, uh, let's I mean, one step one, at a time. Uh, one step at a time. <laughs> I, I, I've been off coffee for the past um, week, and it's been tough already. It's been so tough. So, so while while uh, you have sort of touched on it, and I do understand that no one thing is a cure all or fix all for any for any kind of ailment. Um, let alone just, you know, uh, mental health considerations. If someone is um, going through uh, um, some level of depression or anxiety or, or really struggling and they decide that, you know what, I'm going to take some steps to try and improve my health, including fixing my diet. I think it really helps if someone sees results or if someone feels results. Can someone expect um a boost in their outlook perhaps or a boost in their um in their overall mood immediately or how close after changing one's diet could one expect to see at least some change no it's a very good question danny you do and i see it also on a regular basis is the right healthy diet makes a significant impact and it can be as little as a couple of days to a week People start to have more energy. They start to sleep better. They start to concentrate better. They start to just generally feel better within themselves. So it is quite quick when you start to take the right steps. And I know I seem like a bit of a killjoy, no pies, no coffee, um, but that's really kind of extreme. But what you really want to do is you want to try and moderate your excesses down to something where, yeah, there's no problem with a cup of coffee a day. But if you're on eight a day, you know, that's going to have a big impact. So it's bringing those little things in your diet back down to reasonable levels. You will definitely see, and I see this on an ongoing basis, you see changes in mood, in blood sugars, and how you feel. And so healthy food doesn't also have to be um, tasteless. There are a lot of healthy options out there. So it's just about reprogramming the brain and it's quite interesting because that's where we're talking about but retraining your taste buds which are saturated with too much salt and sugar and and fat to actually start to taste what good food tastes like but it, it definitely you will see a change quite soon 
Interesting, interesting. In fact, I, I was reading recently there was there was a study that where, where, where um, to put it short, they almost created a Pavlovian response in people where if they told them that what they were eating was going to be good for them, um, in the beginning, they their bodies would not react well to it. And, and I think it was dopamine that would get released. At, over time, they actually started having more of a positive response. And they, they would respond to the food the same way they'd respond to chocolate because subconsciously they were telling themselves that this is actually good for me. Um, with your clients, have you found something similar where even though they might not like spinach, for example, in the beginning, but when they start seeing the health benefits of spinach, do they now start to crave and enjoy spinach? Mm. There's like there's like a BuzzFeed article, trick your brain into thinking spinach is chocolate or something like that. <laughs> uh, please, you will come back to chocolate because it's been a really fantastic study I wanted to talk about tonight because seeing uh-huh. as I've been a bit of a killjoy. Um, but first, but oh, okay. first, yes, 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 good question. And you know what's lovely uh, and what I embrace when people come to me is they've made a choice, a significant choice to make a change in their lives. And I embrace that and I encourage them and motivate them to see all the benefits that can come from what they're trying to do. And especially as I get people back regularly, uh, particularly on weight loss, to see people every two weeks, it is extremely motivating for them when they start to track. We don't just track the weight, we track energy, sleep, how they're feeling. And so when they start, and then I give them recipes and they say, well, wow, even my husband likes this. So certainly I think it's a really valid, it was, I've actually read other studies similar to what you were saying is that when you can start to change your way you look at something, it actually looks different when you, when you're looking at it from a positive perspective. And I embrace positivity in my practice. I think it's crucial. Mm. Okay, okay. No, let, so, so let's go back to the chocolate. Uh, th- this chocolate thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah chocolate. Was, <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite interesting. So there's a literally, and it was a study that was published um, last year, where it said that and uh, the consumption of, and I actually, I pulled it up because I thought you guys are going to want to hear this, the consumption of 85% cacao dark chocolate improves mood because it is associated with improving gut microbes in healthy adults. And so I thought you guys would definitely want to hear that or your, or so, your audience. <laughs> but I, I think I, know, I, I remember. Yeah. I, I, so sorry, I remember ahead. someone mentioned that to us. Yeah. yeah I, so I, ahead, I, 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 I also remember reading and um, even like when I started intermittent fasting and reading up on, on, on ketogenic diets and stuff, they did encourage dark chocolate. I just, I can't, I can't convince my brain into liking dark chocolate. I am sorry. I've tried. It, it tastes like the bottom of a shoe. It's terrible. Have you, You've tasted have you tried telling yourself the darker the berries, the sweeter the juice? I mean, you know, I, I, I've, I've lived a long and, and, and colorful life. I've lived a long and colorful life. That's all I'll say. Phil, I can show you real intermittent fasting. Please come and see me because you don't have to eat the bottom of a shoe in my intermittent fasting. <laughs> no. So, so what I do, oh, oh, that sounds funny. What I do do now is I get um, cacao powder and then I mix it with black maca. And I have that with my oats, and that tastes pretty decent. But like oh, pure wow. raw, pure raw dark chocolate, I can't do that. Ugh. Okay, well, wow. Oh, You're amazing. Uh, Dad, did you, did you hear that, Dad? Did you hear that? She said, "I'm amazing. I'm amazing, Dad." <laughs> I think she's still referring to the fact that you survived eating the bottom of a shoe. <laughs> the... So uh, something that you've kept on referring back to, Kirsty, is gut health. Um, 
I would imagine that probably means um, foods that help the like like yogurt maybe or um, yeah yeah f- fermented things. Well done, Danny. That's what I was going to say. So one hundred percent, like beer. Go back to what else can we put in the diet that's healthy and getting back to gut, the gut bacteria and increasing the beneficial gut, the good microbes in the gut that will ferment and make us feel better because they can then cross the blood-brain barrier and give us all these feel-good hormones to 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 propagate feel-good hormones are the fermented foods. So, And there are lovely, a uh, lot of them available in Zimbabwe yogurt to a small degree, but uh, is it Mahewu you guys drink, the fermented cow's milk? Sure. The my, traditional my, one, the traditional Mahewu, not the store-bought one. <laughs> my, my parents have been, they keep making it and they're like, come have some. Like, no. Absolutely. Now that is a fermented milk. So that's going to increase the beneficial uh. bacteria in your gut. You uh. can also do things like, which is more from Asia, like sauerkraut or kimchi. or te- You can find these available in, in the shops. There's a company here locally that makes them thrive. It's really beautiful. Um, and then yeah. you can also look to have, so that's on the fermented food side, um, and then you can also look to increase um, what we would call sort of prebiotics in your diet. So flaxseed or linseed. So these kinds of things that can then generate good bacteria and good fermentable metabolites in our, in our gut. So, you know, these are nice ways to increase um, those components in the diet. Good sources of fiber. A lot of people are doing the banana flour as an alternative to gluten. So that often comes from green bananas and that creates a good form of bacteria in the gut. So that's why that's also healthy. Okay. And locally available. So, I, so, so beer is one of the fermented foods that <laughs> helps. Just okay. okay, okay, yes. We and we can talk about alcohol because alcohol also ha- excess alcohol has quite a major impact on the gut that inhibits the absorption of like certain vitamins that. Um, increases gut permeability. So people have often probably heard of what's called leaky gut. So it is very inflammatory on the body and not good for mental wellness either. Um, and we can talk about that. So unfortunately, you brought it up, but you know, we have to be <laughs> moderate again in our consumption of things like beer, even though they ferment it. Because here's the flip side. They have something called histamine and histamine is inflammatory. So I don't want to get too technical. So I know you, Danny goes to sleep if I'd get too technical. No, but- no, please do get technical I, I, we enjoy that part as well yeah so again alcohol in moderation and and the thing is that we often or i'm often even seeing in practice that people are to i'm so stressed when i get home at night and definitely have to have a glass of, of, of wine it helps me relax but again it, it depletes a lot of the good uh, nutrients in our body and again it impacts on our energy levels and our, our good mood so uh, excess consumption starts to have an impact on the chemistry in our brain. So we have to really just be a little bit careful um, about the quantity and, the, and or how much we are having in the week. Mm, mm. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, sorry, so sorry to double back. Um, I also had been reading um, a lot about like fermented foods like kimchi and sauerkraut, and you did say they are available locally. So to our listeners who are based in Zimbabwe, um, with, well, without giving a, a full product shout out, but where are these things available? Because they are a little hard to find. Yeah, so there's a company here, a lady called Thrive, and they are available at all sorts, pick and pay, TM, in the fridge. 
um, relatively, I can't say inexpensive because everything in Zim is expensive, but it's, or I can also give you guys, I'll forward you because I often give out the recipes. Sauerkraut is so easy to make. It's cabbage and salt and it's compressed. I gladly send you guys, you can post a link maybe after this. Um, Mm -hmm. It's so easy to make at home. You don't need anything special and people can make it themselves. Lovely. That'll be be amazing. You can probably get, you can get Thrive um, products at Food Lovers. Yeah, pick and pay, spas, bummershay, they're all over. Yeah. Kava. Yeah. Yeah. A few places. My brother's been experimenting with making kombucha. And it's oh cool. Oh great. So yeah. My so kitchen kombucha. smells smells lovely. <laughs> kombucha, <laughs> kefir water. These are all fermented foods. Kombucha and kefir water, you only need about hundred mils a day. Sauerkraut, you need a tablespoon a day. So it's not like you're gonna I know a lot of people go, Oh, sauerkraut, that's disgusting. You literally use it one tablespoon a day. You just want to increase the beneficial bacteria. You don't want to kill your taste buds or uh yeah feel that you know it's just killing everything so again the same with kombucha and and kefir water just 100 mils a day is all you really need Hmm. so uh now that you've actually mentioned we've mentioned a few liquids um i guess that's always another element of discussing nutrition um being hydrated yeah very good one um how much water are we talking and yeah yes okay sorry yeah there's, there's a there's a follow-up question I have after that, but yeah. Okay, so, you know, it all is hydrated, but remember we, especially now in October, it's such a hot month. Um, the average person, uh, five, four, five, six, needs at least two liters of fluid a day, uh, and most should come from water. Um, keeping your teas and coffees, coffee down to one to two a day, tea, one to two a day. So, you you know, really, uh, you're, you're, we are, women are about 55% made of water, men just slightly more. So that's how important it is on many levels and including brain health. So your brain needs um, to also be um, hydrated. So that's it's really important that we stay hydrated throughout the day and we keep the sugary beverages down to a real minimum because the sugar again uh, is again impacts on brain, on blood sugar levels, on on glucose levels, etc. So we want to keep it as nutritious as possible. Oh, lovely, lovely. I think you also just brought up a, a very important point um, about sugary beverages. Um, we live in Zimbabwe. Uh, first and foremost, mazoe is almost like a Zimbabwean staple. So there's that, and then there's also the box fruit juices, which do contain some simple sugars. Um, what is your advice uh, with regards to drinking Mazoe one uh, without obviously calling out that the brand and two um, people who think that they are, they are drinking healthy when they're drinking the boxed fruit juices? Yeah, brilliant question. So Phil, look, Mazoe, I say max one to two tots a day um, and then stay away from fruit juices. I'm sorry, fruit is really just sugar and in a fruit juice form, any form of fiber is reduced. So it's really just Uh, sugar totally sugar so for your children you know if you want to do a half a glass and top it up with water don't give them straight juice but keep it (laughs) I can see your face but keep keep those sugars to a minimum um I literally went shopping for juice today like I literally was like you know what it's so hot I'd love some juice 
Mm. And I went and I bought some juice. You should have just bought water and, and skittles are. and just put the the skittles in the water. It would have been the same thing. Because <laughs> I was thinking, you know, let me get something healthy, you know, mm. fruit juices. Same. Mm. I know, Danny. You know, it's interesting. I speak to people about this all the time, and and I'm no youngster at 51, so I know I come from an era where fruit was marketed as healthy, and they still, even in in the in the UK, talk about five fruits and vegetables a day. Well. Yes, you can get some nice nutrients from fruit, but you really don't want to have more than two servings of fruit a day. Fruit is just sugar. Um, and you can get other brilliant nutrients from your green and your colored vegetables. So some of the better choices with fruit would be your berries because they're lower in sugar. But you really want to watch your fruit consumption. And I break hearts on a regular basis because people are saying, well, I eat five servings of fruit a day. So we just want to watch our fruit consumption. Mm. What, what if I'm a fruitarian? What about me? What about that? Wow. Sorry for you, Phil. <laughs> this is a serious conversation, Philip. <laughs> Wait. So just there as there are people as a who are actual note. fruitarians, like Steve Jobs, who'd refuse to bath because he thought the apples cleaned him. <laughs> and he was a wonderful so, man. I, I I have many of his products, but he obviously <laughs> is no more. So <laughs> um while we were talking about water, I couldn't remember the term, but I'll, I just I just Googled it. Um, there's a term called dehydration anxiety. And it's because we are constantly reminded how important it is to drink water. If you're not drinking water, you don't have enough water, you sometimes get anxious. And it can even lead to panic attacks, not because of the water itself, but because you, you've, you know, you're convinced that you're not having enough water at any given moment. So I remember reading about that and I just found it so fascinating that yo, this world is just a hazard. In, in, so you need to drink enough water to stay healthy and to stay, you know, to keep your mind active and all of that. But the the thought of the fact that you need to drink water and then you're not actually drinking water at the time gives you anxiety. Man. I know. It, the world was a lot easier 30 years ago, I promise you. Nowadays, uh, I know my anxiety levels because the phones are going, the emails are going, the Instagram's going. I mean, we, we have, and, now, and now there's water anxiety. I mean, what we do know about water is often yeah. people think they, they're hungry when actually they're thirsty. Um, and, and I think, again, it's, you just need to be a little, it's hard to say be mindful because we need to be mindful about everything, but just watch what you're doing. And I think we're also too technology driven. I mean, I, I have people saying to me, well, I've done 10,000 steps today and why haven't I lost five kgs in two weeks? And now I'm coming to see you. You know, we, we are so yes. clung or clingy to our technology that we actually have lost our intuitiveness. So I think I think what is lovely, and I hope for the listeners, and I hope I didn't sound too, uh, I'm not preaching because I'm also a human being. I, I, I also like some, I like a glass of bubbly every now and then. But is that we need to just have a rethink and look at our diets and say to ourselves, well, from a hydration point of view, you know, is, am I doing anything in excess here from my diet? What can I tweak or change? So just have a look at your diet and see, well, hang on. I wonder if, 
maybe my mom was right. Maybe I'm not eating enough vegetables. Mm. But be careful here is not to Google absolutely everything because Dr. Google can be the biggest anxiety driver yeah. of all of them because every website. Yeah, and I also wanted to say that there's probably quite a bit so of anxiety about different types of diets, you know, whether you are vegetarian, vegan, or you're paleo, you know, or banting. There's also quite a bit of an, um, anxiety that comes around am I eating the right foods? Um, am I eating the right proportion? And so that also creates a lot of anxiety in people. <clears throat> and then we also have people with eating disorders as a result, you know, whether they're binge eating or anorexic. Yeah. Um, you're so right. And I like to work, we as nutritionists don't get hung up on one diet. Uh, yes. So we, yeah. I like to work with the way somebody's working, help them get their portions right, get their timing right. And start to see, you know, where they possibly need to tweak certain areas so that, um, and you're so right. I mean, there's so many fad diets and I see so many ladies who've all done every kind of diet that comes out there. So what you want to do is start to help people understand what creates a healthy diet and how I say whatever diet you do, it must be something you can sustain um, and and you enjoy so um, so you know those are some of the important components that get discussed here every single day. I'm going to be playing this part for my girlfriend. Mm. <laughs> this is very important. Yeah, you know this is such an informational, uh, informative rather chat. Um, we'd love to have you back, Kirsty. But I think before we leave, you know, I, I was scrolling through her Instagram uh, when Doctor Nyerai sent us the brief down. I don't know if you saw abs of steel. Abs, abs of, of steel of titanium titanium <laughs> abs so i think the question on everyone's mind is how long can you plank for <laughs> <laughs> you know now, strange enough when i i finished competing last year thanks to covid i couldn't do my last show but uh actually we didn't do that many planks hey abs in fact it's pertinent to the show abs are actually made in the kitchen not in the gym Wisdom, mm. wisdom. Mm. Thank you so much, Kirsty. Thanks for sharing this with us. And like, yeah, like Phil says, you know, we would love to continue the conversation as we go forward. Um, get perhaps get into even more detail about specific types of foods and so on. Um, but for now, if people want to find you, if people want to hire you as a nutritionist, or they want to at least find out uh, some of the the insight that you have, where can they look for you? Thank you so much, you guys. I have loved it. I am so passionate. I'd love an opportunity to come back and I'll try and keep it light and not too scientific. Um, I love people to look at me. It's just Kirsty Baxter Nutrition at either Instagram or Facebook. Um, and I would love to entertain any questions they have from tonight or today uh, and, and see anybody who's who'd like to make some lifestyle changes for health because everything literally is about health. Health Perfect. is wealth. That is indeed correct. That is indeed correct. Um, wow, this is this is a great episode. This is a great episode. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Miss Christy Baxter. We we learned so much, Dan. So the the first thing is we got to load up on chocolate, um, fruit juices. Uh, eat a lot of chocolate. Eat a lot of fruit juices. Uh, uh, lots of processed sugars. Lots of pies. Pies. <laughs> I, I remember something about pies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> no, uh, and by the way, I I, I know you were, you were apologizing for it, but no, I I think I think we all know that. It's not depressing to know that you have to change your diet. I mean, 
we know that, but it's good to have the reminders and to have a little bit of a direction yeah. which we want to go and, with. And, our I, and I love the way that you shared it because um, a lot of the information out there is very preachy, like almost, it's almost dogmatic, like good, bad, you know? Um, but just teaching people that finding, finding the right balance and it's, it's okay to stray a little bit, but as long as your routine is mostly healthy, um, you should be good. And I, I really appreciate uh, the way you went about that. So thank you so much. That was really informative. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Awesome. Uh, and as usual, Dr. Nurai, you can find her together with Wired to Love and Thrive or Wired to Love on social media. Uh, and Dr. Nyarai, I think it's Dr. Nyarai, confirm mm-hmm, on, on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. social media. Is that correct? Yes. On Twitter, but then everywhere else it's Sage R Health. Uh, I see. Yes. Mm-hmm. I should know that by now, imagine. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> this, Thank you course, so much, Christine. It's so wonderful to have you. Um, to have like-minded conversations and and to really kind of get into in-depth about nutrition because I think sometimes people forget um, how it's all connected to our well-being, Mm. not just for our physical health. Oh, thank you so much. And you know what? I just want to encourage people to make small changes over time. You'll have a big impact on your health and your life. Um, And and thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm I'm really grateful. No, so really appreciate this. Thank you so much for joining us. And, and once again, guys, this episode was brought to you thanks to the lovely people at Bon V Medical. Be sure to follow them uh, on social media at Bon V Medical. And of course, uh, don't forget to follow Dr. Nyarai and Wyatt to Love and Thrive. And of course, us, the two broke twimbos, Danny the Guy, Phil Chard. And yeah, we'll catch you guys next week on another Mental Wellness Mondays.